We did that. I thought you were going to say that hurt. No, <laughs> no I'm more meant... Like, you had that kind of look of like... <laughs> no, I, I was just impressed by how it worked. I'm peeking a bit. I'm going to try and find... I think what this is my normal. Because uh, uh, it turns red, and red's a bad color most yeah. of the time. Except Christmas! I was going to say, like, in the village. Oh, yeah. Remember? Remember, Remember we the, talked about that movie? Yeah, they have to ban red. Because... I want to revisit that film. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like... I feel like that was early days of the show, and I feel like I didn't articulate the reasons I love it as well as I could have. I feel like yeah. you, you caught me off guard because you watched it one time and you hit with, you you hit me with all the things that are admittedly very wrong with that movie. <laughs> but I'm like, I want to come back at you. I want to come back at you hard. Right. We need to revisit Hackers as well. We do need to revisit Hackers as well. And I'd love to do Just Trans Fantastic Four because we recorded mm. a podcast for it. But we only released it on like YouTube. Or YouTube, something. yeah. I'd love to uh, someday. Re- and it's like a bad. I remember like we don't even have microphones for that. We I think we're huddled around in, the same microphone. We're, we're huddled around the camera. Oh really? Yeah. We just. I think we just filmed. I'm pretty sure we just filmed. Like we just kept the lens cap on, and just filmed, <laughs> and we just recorded the audio from it. Oh, like I'm ninety percent sure. Happy people, right? Yeah, there. we were. <laughs> that was a fun night, though. Uh, I'd love to do a podcast episode where we rewatch it, and then we like compare what we think of it now to what we thought of it that yeah. then. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Do you see Josh Trank did like a review of it? Did recently he on Letterboxd? Yeah. Oh, did you not read that? No. Oh, um, it's not like a proper review. It's kind of like it's quite. It's very short, and it's kind of like one of those introspective things where. He's like, I don't really know if this is a bad movie. It's not the movie I wanted to make. And I uh, he, he says he feels like there's two different movies in there fighting for control. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Can he pinpoint the exact second his career collapsed? I think it's probably when his dogs destroyed that <laughs> home. That's probably He probably came home and he was like, well, <laughs> that's my career in the trank. <laughs> Um, no back tranking now <laughs> he, he had all the jokes <laughs> at least he saw his sense of humour about at it they, at least they had a laugh yeah, yeah. Um, we have like a very different setup this week oh yeah it's very strange it's very weird this is probably why it doesn't sound great at all yeah <laughs> fuck if it. you're if you're wondering why it sounds <laughs> if you're wondering it sounds like we're skydiving as we're recording what that constant rattling noise is as we move the microphones about um Basically, I'm I'm moving moving flats. Um, so currently, where we would usually record, which is at the nice, the nice t- spacious table, um, that table is now surrounded by an assortment of boxes and some washing. Yes. Um, and so we've had to move to the sofas and sort of go for this sort of gorilla style. Uh, method of recording which to be honest I'm quite enjoying right yeah. now like, I'm very I just comfortable don't, I, I'm just like holding the microphone if only there was a way we could just lie on the sofa and also not have to hold the microphone yeah. if only we could hire interns the second opinion do interns we could we could get someone we could get some interns that, yeah. we don't pay them you're doing it for the exposure yeah. that's what you do in this the exposure industry. to all 26 <laughs> listeners <laughs> they will know who you are 20 of which I'm convinced aren't real I'm <laughs> convinced that's some sort of spam bot situation <laughs> Could be, um, but yeah. So we're in this kind of setup. I'm, but I'm quite enjoying this. Like I'm thinking, like if this goes well, I'm like, yeah, fucking. I've got a nice corner sofa in this new flat. Like, okay. You take one corner, I take the other. Like Just a talk fucking, show. It could be like a talk show. Yeah. Yeah. Like like Ellen. Could be like Ellen. Could be just like Ellen. We could, we, you and me could be Ellen. I mean, you're... We could wear her skin. <laughs> you're a very, um, you're a very attractive uh, lesbian, lesbian woman. Yeah. So, <laughs> we already have that down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm thinking like if, yeah, if this works out, like this could be a future set. I feel very relaxed. Yeah. We're going to talk about Christmas. Have you got your? Have you got a Christmas tree? I have got a Christmas tree. Have you got it up? Yes. Ah, oh. I thought. Why haven't you got yours up? Well, Give me one good reason. Forced out of my home. <laughs> you haven't yes, got your Christmas tree up. You should put it up. I and well, then got the mover to we've, pick it up. We've talked about it because we move in um, this weekend. What do you unpack first? Your tree. Well, or we've your talked t- about it. We're like, do we just fucking put the tree up? Like, granted, the the flat's gonna be a mess. There's gonna be boxes everywhere. But like, if we put the tree up. We got a nice bay window, like yeah. Let's fire up the tree and let's enjoy at least one week of Christmas before 
Uh, we both go home. Home for the holidays. Just like Billy in this movie. Billy. That was his name, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. What yeah. was the name? We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we don't want to go off the rails just yet. Um, what's your favourite thing about Christmas? Um, I like the bright lights when it's dark. Mm. It's nice to. It's nice when the streets are all lit up pretty colours. When as it's as the nights start to get really really dark. Isn't it weird that we we got to the flat at like half two in the afternoon and it was already like pitch black. Yeah, in the it was flat. already quite dark. Yeah, but it was nice. It was nice that like it's nice to have these streets lit up. Mm. I like Christmas movies. This is not my first Christmas movie. I've seen this month what for the Christmas, Christmas season. I saw The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I've never seen that. And I saw it live. Oh, with shit, old yeah. Danny Elfman himself How coming out it? and dancing around the stage. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I loved it so much. It was very um it was a really cool experience. It was the the movie he was playing. It was live performance the Scottish Orchestra. Uh, and Danny Elfman came out cuz he's the voice of Jack Skellington. Okay. Uh, so he came out and he just sings the songs from the from the film, and they get. Um, is that like this is Halloween? This yeah. Is well, he doesn't sing specifically that one. Okay. That, um, so you lied to me. And I said he said <laughs> Jack Skeleton's one actually. Do you know who is in this is Halloween? And I, I this is a comedian I've always like seen passing in various things, but now I've strangely seen him live singing that. Is Greg Proops? Do you like Greg Proops? Who I don't know who that is. I don't know. He's most famous over here for whose line it is anyway. He was in um, the British one. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and he was also in the American one. And he is was he the like, guy that looks a bit like Hugh Dennis? Yes. He was yeah. in the... He's, he's famous for talking about the Phantom Menace because he was the announcer in it. And he did a lot of improv lines. The announcer but, in the Phantom Menace. Uh, for the pod oh, race. Oh, for the pod race. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. And yeah. one of his lines was controversial among fans because it was, what was it? It's something like, this is the bed best pod racing you've seen in all of the universes. And he was just obviously improv ridiculous uh. sci-fi stuff. But then fans were like, no, you can't say that because that's not, Star Wars isn't about multiple universes. It was something like that. But I feel like... The fans know more about Star Wars, it seemingly, than George Lucas does. Yeah. <laughs> George Lucas just sat and was like, I wonder it'd be cool if he had like what if he had like one lightsaber, but then on each end there was a there was a lightsaber. And he's like, That's pretty cool. <laughs> that would be cool, George Lucas. Um, uh, so he was there. Oh see I like this because look, I can just freely move around. As long as for you don't everyone watching at home. No, it's connected, we're fine. Um Sure, this sounds like a nightmare. So Danny Elfman was obviously he was singing the songs. He was giving it, he was giving it such yaldy. Mm-hmm. I just thought he'd come out and just sing the songs, but he's jumping around like acting out the motions of it. The film's playing in the background, but you he's re- singing for his supper. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's really going for it. And they got the original guy who played Oogie Boogie. I, if you haven't seen it, you probably won't know that much about you, it. Yeah, you, I, I feel like is that like that that see, that film is like one of my blind spots, big time. I love that I've film. Never... It's, it's really really cool. We actually cool. were we we specifically me and Kay went out of our way we were like we're gonna watch it this year and we went to cex we were like oh five pounds <laughs> i'll lend you it that would be nice i'll I would lend like you that. it um i but the, my worry also my number two worry i mean the first one wasn't a worry that was just it was expensive but my number two thing is that i'm worried if i don't watch it in the next week and then we both go home for christmas and we can't watch it together, and then Christmas is going to pass, and then we've missed our window again. Because when are we going to fucking watch it? March? No, yeah. you can't watch it in March. No, you've got to watch Christmas it either film. Halloween or Christmas, right? Yeah, Halloween. What Christmas is it film. more of? It's more of a Christmas film, I reckon. Because okay. they're, they're, the, the equilibrium they start off in is Halloween. That's that's the that's the safe area they start off. They they start the, the adventure by going into Christmas Town. So I feel like the film that makes the film about Christmas Town. We also... Also, one of the people that are in it uh, is Catherine O'Hara, who plays Kevin's mum in Home Alone. Oh, so we got okay. to see her sing. Kevin! I really wanted her to shout Kevin. Yeah. But that was not what she was there for. Even though, <laughs> even though, even though everyone's secretly hoping she will. Even though, she knows everyone's secretly hoping she will. I know. Even though Home Alone's like a Christmas film as well. It's also the same with Danny Elfman. It's like he's doing all the Nightmare Before Christmas and you're like, but your head's filled with like yeah. some of the most iconic music. In cinematic history. The Wanted soundtrack. <laughs> okay. 
I was thinking Batman. I was thinking, obviously, Justice League. Hashtag release the oh, Snyder ob- Cut. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, Spider-Man. He did yeah. the Spider-Man soundtrack. That was the one I thought of, other than the one it's like, uh, The Simpsons soundtrack. Yeah. The, the Simpsons opening. The boy's got chops. He's, he's got chops. And, he, it was and then great. he's just in Glasgow. Yeah, he was enthusiastically jumping around. It was really fun to watch. I think he went to, like, Nice and Sleazy's afterwards. Obviously. Got a white Russian. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Then to the cat house. I wouldn't recognize Danny Elfman. Um, yeah, he is very, he's distinctive looking. Mm. Like, I think if you saw a picture of him, you'd then recognize him out of most things. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really good. It was, it was absolute, absolute treat. That's good, man. That sounds like a good experience. We did, we, we, we saw the, we saw the Back to the Future one. Yeah. The live orchestra. This was that a was lot cool. more. But that's, I feel like yours was more, there was a lot more. Because it is a musical. And because it is Danny Elfman as well. There's more. Yeah, Danny Elfman was there. It feels like more of a show, it. I guess. Yeah it, yeah, it very much felt like a show. Because even they're like stopping the film to introduce these famous people on. Because you can't just mm. have like Danny Elfman walk onto the stage unannounced, like just so he could sing the Jack Skeleton yeah. bit. You're like, no, you've got to you've got to make a big deal. Danny Elfman's here. So like, are they like touring that? Yes. So he's taking time out of his busy schedule to just kick about and I'm sure he's making a lot of money from it too yeah, he's probably, making a, he's probably making a lot of money from it yeah. and they're not making Wanted 2 anytime soon no. so. <laughs> he's probably not I mean he's I mean that's probably why I was in Glasgow to talk to Mark Miller yeah. talk to Mark Miller about it he thought while, while I'm here two stones <laughs> one bird <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, I had a final point it was the first you, something you said I did have a final point there I think I I don't know. We've went. Oh, we've come a long way. Yeah, I can't remember what the point was. I had minutes. a point to something you said. Uh huh. Great point, wasn't it? That was a good point. Thank you. If anyone's listening and they're like, <laughs> oh, "I really want to hear what is, <laughs> really want to hear Danny's retort to that yeah, statement." Me too. I'm on your side, listener. Yeah. Mm. Right. Are you a fan of Christmas music? Um. Yes. I like you. The universal for the majority of these Christmas music, everyone knows the lyrics. Mm. Um, yeah, I hate it. You hate, Christmas and I know music? that that's like a cynical thing of like, oh, just it's only one month. Like, no, I hate it because once, like, it's that thing of they're so you just know them all. Yeah, they're all logged in your head, and then you just have to hear them over and over again for a full month. Like, we have one CD at my work, and it just it's just it's the same. It's the same songs every day, and I have to hear the same songs like eight times in like one day, and that's every day for 24 days <laughs> like it's a fucking nightmare somebody said to me the other day um are you playing whamageddon whamageddon yeah whamageddon i'd never heard of it yeah i lost immediately like yeah. december 1st like i think it's like track two on the cd that we've got to work <laughs> so i just lost immediately. so if you've not heard of it it's how long you can go through december without hearing last christmas yeah by wham which you know why would you want to deprive yourself i know but then oh, you're uh, going to hear it anyway. So. There's a guy that I work with whose favorite Christmas song is... Um, is Fairytale of New is, York? ...is Last Christmas. And um, I, I know that for two reasons. One is because he told me that it's his favorite Christmas song. And two, it's because he will actively skip the CD back <laughs> when it passes that song so we can listen to it again. And it's it drives me up the fucking wall. <laughs> um, that's, that's hilarious. Mm. Uh, but yes. Also, I think people just like fairy tale in New York because low key they can say the the bad word and and it's fine because it's a Christmas song and they're just singing along. <laughs> we were singing it for my Christmas night out. It was the the final song. And it what was, do you sing when you get to the word? I just say faggot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm quoting. <laughs> I'm quoting the Christmas spirit, That's what guys. I mean. You can get away with it. You can say it. Uh, well, we were. Well, you know, you can't. You have to sing the Christmas song. It would be un-Christmas to not say the word faggot. <laughs> You've got. If you want to keep the Christmas spirit, you need to shout. You scumbag. <laughs> you, you cheap lousy maggot. You need to sing it at the top of your voice. Otherwise, you're no. You're no better than Scrooge or Grinch. That's true. You're ruining Christmas by not. <laughs> <laughs> the most Christmas thing I can think of is homophobia. Word for word. <laughs> it's Mr. and Mrs. Claus, not Mr. and Mr. Claus. 
Oh, right. Fucking. <laughs> now that we've got that out of us. What's up, people? People can. <laughs> people can. That's the funniest thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> it's funny when I mess up. And it's recorded, so there's no way of there's denying no way it. Of Fake news. What's up, people? People to welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and the cheap, lousy maggot himself, <laughs> Scott Morrison. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, we we we've kept our kind of. I mean, it's like a well. No, I guess it's not a tradition because the first film we did was um, Christmas Eve, wasn't it? For Christmas. Yes. Yeah, the Patrick Stewart. Starring Patrick Stewart and a lift. <laughs> Patrick Stewart in the lift. Yeah. Because he was there for a day, remember? Oh, yeah. Wasn't there like four lifts that break down in that movie? Yeah. All in the same building or was it different buildings? No, I think it was... It was No, we, I think we had this discussion because you thought it was going to be the same building. Mm. No, you thought it was going to be the same lift. Yeah. And then it turns out they're all stuck in Just different, different lifts. lifts. And it turned out to be a super religious film. What a roller coaster. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I think other than that, it's pretty much exclusively been like Christmas horror films. I guess what do you when you've got a film podcast and you're doing a Christmas movie? I guess it's like you, you, you I guess if you're gonna go for something that's weirder, your only choices are kind of like you know Christmas horror movies because you could watch like a, a Christmas Hallmark film, but they're all the fucking same. Yeah, I mean we've like, done Christmas Eve. We've done yeah, them there's all. thousands of Christmas Eves. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, no, I get that. Like, it's it, horror is the opposite of Christmas, isn't it? Mm. So it's weird enough to see them together. Mm. Except Christmas Evil was borderline. It was oh, that was Taxi Driver with Santa yeah. Claus. It wasn't yeah. quite a horror film in the same sense as like the Krampus and this one, Black Christmas, are like horror films. Yeah, and uh, this one specifically actually has a a, a little bit of historical. Um, merit to yeah. be in a horror film but uh, Christmas Evil is uh, definitely a, it's a lot more psychological which mm. is a weird thing to say about a Christmas film Christmas Evil really caught me off guard with like what it ended up being <laughs> about so surreal um, go back to and listen to it treat yourself yeah open your presents on Christmas Day and listen to us listen to us while you, while you open your presents and just uh, tell your parents it's fine <laughs> um yeah, this year we've done we've we, we 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 spent this this fine afternoon, this dark, gloomy, rainy afternoon Magical. watching 1974's Black Christmas, um, which I am now gutted that I feel like we've missed like potential for what could have been a a, 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 a like a crazy episode, right? Because we found out today that there is a remake. Of Black Christmas coming out like this Friday, yeah, basically. Um, and then I saw that, and I was like, oh, I knew there there already was a remake. That was how we found out about it because I was like, oh, there was a remake of this in like two thousand seven. Yeah, it was two thousand six, I think. Um, with uh, Ramona Flowers, who Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, <laughs> and so I went to Google that, and then I was like, holy fuck, there's like a two thousand nineteen version of this coming out. And we looked, and it comes out this friday it comes out on december 13th which is fucking insane that is like not like intentional at all yeah like, we're not trying completely... to piggyback on it yeah we're not trying to like tie it in that was completely caught us off guard um i think i realized while we were watching the trailer that I was like i've definitely like been in the cinema and this has been yeah gone. me too i've just yeah, not yeah. paid attention yeah it was like a horror christmas film yeah i just thought it was like generic horror christmas film which it is yeah um but i was like oh man if we had fucking known and just yeah. waited we could have watched all three versions of black christmas in one day and then just done like a fucking bumper episode where we review all three versions don't think it have been done before how many people have reviewed two reboots of the same film exactly. with the original film what other franchise could you even do that for? What other franchise? Spider-Man. You could do it with Spider-Man. Well, we were kind of going to do it with Superior... Superior? Suspiria. <laughs> Suspiria. We were going to we we're gonna at some point do the new one. I have it on Blu-ray now, so we have no excuse. Yes. Not that we Except it's packed in a box right now. Yeah it's, yeah, it's in a box. It's in one of those many boxes. <sighs> you know what was annoying? Like, I really wanted to watch... Like, I, I, I was listening to the Talking Heads the past couple of days, and then when I was packing, I was like, oh, I want to put... Stop making sense on in the background, but I already boxed it up. 
I don't know which box it's in. It's one of those many boxes. And then you searched on YouTube to see if you could see enough clips. I just can't... You, you, just, you can't do anything. You can't enjoy yourself. No. When all your shit's boxed up. No. It's rubbish. Um... <laughs> So, Black Christmas... <laughs> okay. Saboteur! Saboteur! Um, so, Black Christmas is about uh, <clears throat> this sorority who they're just breaking up college for unit for, for Christmas. Yeah. And they're having a little party and they keep getting these weird phone calls of someone breathing <laughs> down Not the just phone. breathing, making like... Oh, uh, voices. Yeah. yeah, voices. Pretty intense shit. What was it They're making me think of? I think it was making me think of. It was making me think of another horror film where they do something very similar, and I couldn't couldn't remember what one it was. Mm. Um, it's good that you brought that up. Yeah, I thought by the time I brought it up, I'd remember. Yeah, what film I, I was that. talking about. I'm just being. Um, There's no need for that. It's not in the Christmas spirit. No, it's not. Uh, weird phone calls. Now that's in the Christmas spirit, mm. and. Uh, Lois Lane picks up the phone and she's like, fucking cunting, get the fuck off the phone. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. She, te- she has that, sorry, she does that thing because it's Barbara is the character who sort of answers the phone in yes. the initial scene. And um, she starts like cracking all these jokes and everybody looks like very intense. Except for her one friend, like, I think she's called like Lois or something like that. Her one friend who thinks everything she says is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's like comedy gold. And throughout the whole movie, there's like three scenes where the Barbara character is like in a situation where she shouldn't really be making jokes and is making jokes. There's like that scene. There's a scene where she's shouting at somebody over dinner. And then there's like a scene where she's making fun of a policeman. Yeah. At and all three times she's like making these kind of inappropriate jokes. And like her friend is just sat like next to her is like cracking smiles stuff. hype like, girl like she literally has a hype girl like she has a number one fan like this girl fucking loves Barbara everything that comes out of Barbara's mouth she's like fucking give that girl the, the comedy crown <laughs> um uh, so um, then one of the it turns out I'm trying to think how you would explain it so uh, there's a, a serial killer which you get the point of view shot so you know that there's a serial killer in the building that the, the sorority live in and he kills one of the girls. And then the, the other girls are kind of not noticing. And then eventually noticing she's gone. And the dad comes in. And they're like, oh, where's she gone? So they go on a search party. What they don't realize is that the girl is in the f- house the whole time with the serial killer. And she's dead. Yeah. Get back to that. Um, and then the serial killer starts picking off these sorority girls one by one. Yeah. It's kind of like... It's kind of your classic sort of slasher film... That, but it leans more heavily into, like, the mystery element of it, yeah. I guess. Like well, it's, they, Yeah, they have to solve... During the course of this film, they have to figure out that the killer is inside the house. He's in the attic. Which is where most of tension... And it's, I think it's quite well done tension. Like, most of it comes from the fact that you, as an audience member, know he's in the house. Mm. But they don't. They're, they're out getting search parties up and down the, the yeah, you're town. Yeah, like, stay out there. Yeah, thinking... <laughs> Thinking that uh, they'll eventually figure it, figure out where this girl was gone, but it turns out she it's all happening in the house. Yeah. Here's my thing, <laughs> With this and I quite like this, but I, I feel like we we need to get the the main part out of the way first, the part that really irked me throughout the whole fucking movie. <laughs> like I'm normally not, I'm normally not one big on like. I guess you would call it a plot hole. This I don't really know. Um. Nitpicking, I guess, nitpick, is what you're talking yeah. about. I, I'm not. I am not a big fan of nitpicking. That kind of CinemaSins style picking apart of a movie like well, doesn't, think, doesn't appeal to me. This isn't so much a CinemaSins thing. I'm just saying that like nitpicking is not. It's not for me. Like yeah. I, I can very much if <clears throat> if something feels a bit weird, I can generally be like, well, this is the world that the movie has built, hmm. and I want to try and get involved in that world as much as possible even if the rules are maybe a bit silly suspension of disbelief i want to suspend my disbelief as much as possible sometimes there is that there you know there's like i've heard it described as like fridge logic where it's like that kind of thing where you're watching the movie and you it just all makes sense to you in the moment and then like later that night you go to the fridge you're looking for something to eat and you're like hang on if he said, if he How did this, how could Mark Ruffalo have been yeah, involved yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. time? So 
It's a little now you see me. Reference. I was trying to yeah, try to basically establish that like I'm not a big thing of for nitpicking. But there's one in this film that really breaks the whole film for me, kind of. Which is that the the killer's hiding in the attic. And he, he kills the first girl and hides her body in the attic. Against the window. Now People, the, the police and stuff are organising all these search parties for all around the area. And yet, at no point does anyone check the attic. Why does no one check the attic? Like, why wouldn't you just... If you're doing a search for a girl who's gone missing, surely you check the whole house. And surely somewhere like the attic is an obvious place to check. Because it's a fucking huge attic. You see that house. Because there's a shot... At the very end of the movie, where they sort of show, where they zoom out from the window of the attic to show you the whole house, and it's like that attic's massive. Mm. That attic is big enough that it gets its own like two paned window. <laughs> like it's insane, and it's like the fact that no one goes up there to check seems so bizarre to me. Mm. Like even at the point where. At the end of the movie, spoiler alert, <clears throat> they think they've caught him. And then the policeman comes in and says, into the room, and is like, we've searched the whole house. We've got guys who are going to search the, the, the attic in the basement. And it's like, he's still up in the, the attic. Like, why has no one searched the attic? And they all just leave the house. They just leave the house and the bodies are all still up there. Yeah. And that was enough for me to just be like, like any time there were scenes of like them searching like the grounds or kicking about the house or anything like that like or being upset that this girl's missing i'm just sat and i'm like why has no one went upstairs why have you not swept this whole house that clearly has like a lot of nooks and crannies like why why have you not why have you not been in the fucking attic yeah and it really fucking wound me up and I, it, it kind of, like, took me out of it for, like, big chunks, especially the middle part, which is very much about, like, the the stress of, oh, our friend is missing and we don't know where she's gone. Hmm. Check the attic. Because that's where she is. <laughs> I don't know how you I feel you. about that. I get you. It but... is very, um... I guess that there's a, a suspension of disbelief that, like, you could you could think that why would she go in the attic? The, um... The sort of... The house made... For the sorority, she's like the older woman um, who looks after the house and the girls. She goes up there at one point. She only goes up there to look for the cat. She goes up there to look for a cat, which is like the same way that the initial victim is killed. She's looking for the cat. Yeah. And then she gets killed. I'm like, is this the only thing they could think of? Like, they wrote the first scene. And they're like, oh, that's pretty good. And they're like, how do we get the second person to, to be lured into his trap? It's like, oh, what, if we, what if she's just looking for the cat again? <laughs> like, what if everyone's always looking for the cat? Like, um yeah so she, that's the only reason she's going up there she thinks to look for the cat in the attic yeah not just not the human missing being friend. <laughs> yeah. um in the giant easily accessible attic that would take literally 30 seconds to just climb up that ladder poke your head in and be like yep there's the body yeah yeah because it's yeah as i say it's against the window it's against the attic window yeah yeah she's literally you could see her from because the, Outside, the killer sits her on a rocking chair yeah. and puts the rocking chair right next to the window. Which is like a fucking pretty ballsy move. It's terrifying. Imagine <laughs> that's, if... That's some quite big dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to put the victim in the window. Can you think how terrifying it would be if you were outside, you were looking for the girl and you're like having a cigarette and you're like, I just can't think where that fucking girl would be. And then you look up at the window and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And because she, she's like, she's a plastic bag because that's how mm. the killer gets her is puts a plastic bag over her head and then she's just got this face of shock with like a... Oh, slammed open like uh, a completely open jaw like complete shock look on mm. her face like, pressed against the window in a rocking chair you're like that'd be terrifying to discover her that way yeah but that aside that that is like my that's my one big issue with this film is I'm like it does feel like they it, there's a part of me that just feels like the, write, the writer was just like oh they just don't go because I would fi- if I was writing it I would fix it by exp- writing away some sort of com- um, compartment in the attic yeah like there's a bit of the attic that's harder to see when you go up there like yeah. it's a bit round the corner maybe there's a big box in the way just anything yeah anything that would explain that away and then you'd go you'd have a character go oh, I looked up in the attic and I couldn't see him yeah yeah but no it's like just don't ever acknowledge 
that there's a giant attic that's about seven times as big as this room and has its own window. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Um, that aside, this is like, it's not terrible. <laughs> Ring an endorsement. I liked this film. I really, I, I really appreciated it watching it, mm. especially because here's the interesting thing about Black Christmas: it's one of the first slasher films. Yeah, which this is, is interesting. Pre Halloween, Halloween, Halloween is supposed to have started the trend of yeah. slasher films. It's supposed to be the slasher film that everyone went, "Oh fuck!" There's a lot of money in mm-hmm. slasher films, so we'll go do slasher films as well. But this beats it by like a few years mm. like four years or something like that and that's interesting in itself so it's it like there's a lot of what you recognize as like the template of slasher totally. films but this is doing it without the template well that was what i was going to say was that i think that's why this i think that's why this kind of leans more heavily into the kind of mystery and thriller yeah. aspect is because the slasher film wasn't a thing really at that point yeah so you don't have those kind of it, it doesn't lean more into... Because even by the by the time you reach the end of the movie, you still don't see... Is it Billy? Is that... I, I think Billy, I it. think it's supposed to be You Billy, still yeah. don't ever really see Billy. No. You see shadows of him, but you never see him. It's not kind of like the kind of more iconic slasher villains like... There's a m- like monster Jason reveal. Or like, yeah, like Mike... Like, fucking Mike Myers <laughs> where um baby <laughs> we're like yeah there's more of like an iconic kind of reveal well obviously Mike Myers you kind of see him from quite early on but like yeah you get what you, you yeah. get what I'm getting at yeah which is why I think this leans more heavily into the mystery stuff is because they don't have that template it's interesting yet. it's really interesting to see like a slasher film before slasher films mm. were a thing uh, I very much appreciate. I very much appreciate how this film does it. There's some genuinely creepy parts in the film. Uh, visually, um, apart from the fact that it was a low quality, our copy, copy. We watched it on Amazon. Like we paid money for that copy, <laughs> and it was like when the it was when the credits were going by at the end, and the credits were leaving like a pixelated trail because yeah. the copy was like so low quality. Um, That's what our ninety nine. But despite was. <laughs> despite that, there was like. It, it, there was some really cool imagery they were using. Um, I, I really appreciated this as like a, a precast slasher film. I thought it was definitely. I think if you are a slasher film fan, I think mean, this is definitely one to watch from yeah. even from a historical point of view. Um, plus, it's really weird to see Margot Kidder and something else other than Superman. It's like yeah, strange That's to see Diana, her do something uh, else. Uh, Barbara, right? Yes. Yeah. I thought it was weird that the the film seems to kind of initially set her up as the protagonist. Yes, because she's the smart, quippy one. Well, she's the smart, quippy one, and she is kind of the focus for the first few scenes. Yes. Like, the first few kind of major scenes. And then gradually, it kind of shifts to being about this very, very soft-spoken British girl. Yeah. Um, Jess. Jess. Who is she... Peter, I I have to call Peter. I'm just like you. You said she sounded like um, uh, what's the name? Wendy. Wendy from Peter Pan. Yeah, because she keeps saying Peter. Peter. And he's wearing a green turtleneck. Oh, Peter. He was wearing a green turtleneck. Yeah. Um, because they they set her up as the only sorority girl with any sort of like subplot. Yep. Because you do, as you say, you think the Barbara. Mom, no, Jess. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Because you think Barbara's going to be the main character because she's like she's the brave one. She's on the phone to this weird guy going, "Ah, yeah. oh, just stick it up. You're where the sun don't shine. Whatever. Yeah. Just like really um, fucking her pals there, like piss at herself laughing. Um, like, oh, Barbara, you've done it again. <laughs> um, and then like it sh- introduces Jess is pregnant mm. uh, and her boyfriend Peter. Wants to marry her. Yeah, Peter. Uh, but she wants to have an abortion. So that's kind of... Which the- we were like, whoa, baby, it's the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas, man. Um, so that's like the subplot. I mean, there isn't really any other subplots apart from that. Maybe like the father who's trying to find uh, his daughter. Yeah. That's kind of part of Who it. Who isn't really a character. Like No. None of them are really characters. Are he, they? He's, I feel like he's almost there as the responsible adult. Uh, and once he's like, where's my daughter? Everyone else is like, oh, hang on. Oh, well, she might have actually gone missing. Yeah. Um, 
but yes, that there's that subplot. So that subplot starts to sort of work its way into the main plot, and then you start to realize by the end of the film that Jess is kind of the main character now. Mm. Um, she's like the the weirdly like the template, almost the template of a slasher film, the last surviving girl. She'd wear a Christian Christian cross yeah. throughout the whole thing around her neck. Um, so it's kind of strange that they kind of have like some of the precursor to what mm-hmm. would the Cabin in the Woods would be spending so much time yeah. parodying. Well, that's it, because the one I kept thinking of was Scream. Yeah. Because of the phone calls. Hmm. Um, and it kept kind of making me think of that. And I was like, man, it's crazy to think that like this film almost like got the ball the ball rolling a little bit. On some of that, yeah. Yeah, and then you get to something like Scream, which is a parody of that, like, that all kind of came from yeah. this, this ground zero, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's still not, I don't think it's, like, it's not good. Huh? <laughs> like, I don't think, or it's not even not good, like. I think it's good for its time. I think for, as I say, a film um, that, like, is setting up a genre, I think it's a really good um example of it at the time I, like i i think if i'd saw that film at the time i would have been blown away by it because yeah. i think it's uh, now it's most of the components it has has been played to death a million times um, but even then there's some stuff because it's like as i say a precursor to all the slasher stuff there's some kind of original stuff it's weird that like the idea that the audience are in on the mystery mm. like they know where the guy is, he's hiding up in the attic, and the the victims don't. It's more typical in a slasher film to the the monster just appears behind the door. Yeah, we I think we kept um, expecting that. Mm. There's a few times where they open doors or they're changing mirrors. Well, there's a scene where yeah, there's a scene where um someone is stood in front of like one of those uh, the the housemaid. It's like a mirror cabinet thing. Yeah. yeah, and she slides it to the the left, and then I was like, oh, when she slides it back, and then she slides it back, and nothing's there, and then she slides it to the right, and I was like, oh, here we go, and then there was nothing there, and then she bends down to to get something out of the toilet which fucking she gets it she pulls she th- there's this character this maid character who has this convoluted that that set the plot thing where she has loads of booze hidden around the sorority house and one of the places she has booze hidden is in the back of the toilet and she has it tied to a string and then she pulls this bottle of brandy out and then immediately starts drinking the brandy and i was like that's disgusting and you were like oh it's been it's in the clean part of the toilet I was it like, is. it's still bogging I mean, like, no it's it's still, it's still not ideal it's still a fucking toilet it's not it's not an ideal place to keep your sherry but um it's not the worst place it's the clean part of the toilet that's where all the clean water comes from um but yeah so she she goes down to get that out of the toilet and then i was like oh when she comes back up and she comes back up there's nothing there and i was like it's a fucking movie. <laughs> it's strange because you only expect that after years and years of seeing, like, yep. the slasher films. But it's weird um, seeing it so close to being, like, done. I, I think I, my mind would have been blown if they'd done that there. Yeah. Like, something that would would become such a genre trope now, seeing it, like, at its genesis. Yeah. The best moment of imagery, like, the best kind of scare is the the eye looking through the gap in yeah. the door. Well, it's when she fi- sees her friends upstairs. Because this is the point where they find out that the murderer is in the house. And her fr- uh, Jess's two friends are upstairs. And she doesn't know they're dead. So she goes up to, to find them. And she finds their dead body. And she's like, oh my god, they're dead. And then when she turns around, there's a door that's slightly open. And the there's just you just see an eye staring yeah. right at her. And you can just feel how close that eye is yeah. to her like how close the killer is to her it's it's a really intense image like it's like whoa fucking creepy as fuck it's very tense and then there's the kind of one directly after that where someone is skulking around the windows of the bit ba- into the basement yeah and it's you can't see him you can just see the outline of him and it's this big lanky man who's like really taking his time looking through the windows and it feels very uneasy i also like the the christmas carol death that's such a strange, surreal scene. That's like the Jess answers her door to Christmas carolers, oh, yeah. and as that's happening, which incidentally, I thought that was going to blow the speakers on my TV. <laughs> like I genuinely, the did. sound quality was not great. The sound quality was not great. So when those kids are, when those kids are fucking soprano and <laughs> like, oh boy, I I really did. I was like, I had to turn the TV right down because I was like, that's going to fucking burst my speakers. Yeah, it was it was quite intense. But like. Oh! 
was like, oh my god. <laughs> the scene itself has got a cool, a cool idea. Like it's um, Margot Kid is like lying in bed and she she's drunk and she's kind of passed out and the the killer comes in and picks up a a unicorn ornament with a surprisingly mm. long horn <laughs> and is like going, going to stab her and like there's a second of you like oh maybe she'll wake up in time maybe she won't and she's stirring a bit and then there's the Christmas carol singing it's like that's a really cool sort of like well done scene it's yeah. like a very Christmas horror film um, it's interesting encompasses them like ties them all together really mm. well there's not a whole lot of Christmas imagery no. in this one and right after after we finished the film we watched the trailers for the 2006 remake and the 2019 remake and both both trailers have a moment where the killer snaps an icicle and goes to stab somebody with it um i think that is reminiscent of the unicorn the unicorn but what i was kind of getting at was like i think it is interesting that like for a film that's called black christmas and there's a horror film set at christmas there's they don't use a whole lot of christmas imagery Mm. really like it almost just happens to be Christmas. Yeah, it's not trying to sell itself on being no. a Christmas. Film. Whereas I feel like the other two really were. Yeah. Because in the opening of the trailer for the 2006 remake, you see him using Christmas cookie cutouts, cutting people's skin out, and then like baking it and eating it. Yummy, and then yummy. obviously, uh, in the 2019 remake, like a bunch of the characters are dressed in Santa costumes, um, and it seems like there's a lot more kind of like Christmas is more at the forefront. Yeah, and like I said, you got the snapping of the ice, the icicle. Um, whereas, yeah, this one it's just sort of like it's it just subtle. happens to be Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I get you there. Um, I am really curious to watch the remake. Yeah, and Which... the, like not the new one. The new one looks fucking diabolical. Yeah, it looks, it looks so very bad. generic. The 2006 one looks bad too, but I was like, of the two, I would rather watch the 2006 one, which I actually do think I've seen. Yeah, like a long, long time ago. Well, it's weird because the 2019 one has like a, um, it has a masked killer, which is so strange. Because black, I think the beauty of that, the Black Christmas we watched, is it very much felt like you didn't you didn't need an explanation of who Billy was. Mm. You understood that Billy was a mentally unstable man who was prying on these women for mentally unstable reasons yeah in it's a lot more frightening because it feels a little bit too um realistic is probably not the right word i mean but on that lines it felt a little bit more like oh you could have read this had this happened to someone in a in like another city somewhere Mm. that this something similar was like oh my god there was these sorority girls and they didn't realize that there was a guy living in their um attic Uh because uh, no one checked it felt it feels a lot so realistic <laughs> grounded <laughs> grounded is the no, word no, no, I'm, I'm saying like for. the movie would be like therefore realistic because it's like <laughs> yeah just like in real life no one checked the base the, the attic uh it's a lot more grounded that idea is in the the remake the remake remake uh there's like a, a guy in a cloak and he's wearing mm. a mask and you're like oh blind that's like that's a natural yeah. slasher trope. The the 2006 one seems to be going for more of a Michael Myers yeah. approach where he did a bad thing years and years ago. Like, he com- he committed murder in quite a horrific way. And now, like, ten years later, he's back, baby. He's gotten out of the, 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 the mental asylum and he's back, baby. Because in the, in the first remake, it's very much... Um, they, they seem to be Again, living... this is all based on the trailer. <laughs> yeah. They, they, well, I think they say a trailer voice. Billy's coming guy, home for the holidays. Uh, it, they imply that the sorority house is Billy's house mm-hmm. from when he was little. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the, the 1970-whatever one, uh, the 70s one, it very much feels like Billy chanced across like a sorority house mm. and uh, he climbed in. You see the point of view of him climbing in. Mm. So, Which very... do you... That 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 is... The, the the whole first person perspective is kind of like what the Halloween film is most famous for that opening hmm. sequence which is all done in first person and this film also like the kind of entire opening sequence is all done in first person as well but do you think John Carpenter saw this and was like yeah baby I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he watched this because mm. I see that I see a lot of like the beginnings of slasher tropes mm. as I say so I I'd imagine there's a good chance he's watched this and he was like we can do this, but for Halloween. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I can see that. Um, I like it's it's a trope in a lot of films uh, when they're tracing the call, trace that call, trace that yeah. call. You I gotta always, keep him on the phone for longer. I always I always like the dean in Community when he's trying to do that and he's clicking at his receptionist <laughs> and he's clicking and the receptionist's not doing anything and he keeps <laughs> clicking. He's like going crazy clicking and then when he puts the phone down, he's like this means trace the call. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Uh, there's a lot of trace that uh, you've got to you got to keep them on the line. But what I appreciated about this movie is it gave you a visual representation of that. Yeah, which I've never seen before. Which all of those tropes crazy. Yeah, it was like all of all these tropes is usually just someone sat at a laptop going, "I'm hacking the the, the satellites and I'll, the I'll get a location." I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but there's in this one, it's a guy who's in a room filled with tubes. Yeah, it's And he has to get to so the right weird. tube. Which I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what it was. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but um, but I like it because he has to do it a couple of times because they can't quite get him on the phone for long enough. And you really, because mm-hmm. you, you understand that as soon as he realizes, they're, they're very explicit, I'm trying to trace the location of the call. And you realize, well, as soon as he does that, they're going to realize that he's inside the, house. inside the house um the classic line which they do kind of say which again like because i you you said that you brought up that 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 line and you were like oh that's a classic thing and i was like i think that's from another movie um and i looked it up and it's from another slasher film when a stranger calls what what year is that one? Ooh, um is that before this or after i'm not 100 sure let me google it but my my whole thing was again that's um that's kind of coming back to like the fact that this is almost like an origin film of yeah. slasher movies because um, I was like, oh no, I'm pr- pretty sure like that is When a Stranger Calls. And it's like, well, no, it's this movie. and it. But then I guess When a Stranger Calls like made it that, that line more iconic. Hmm. When a Stranger Calls was 1993. So that was dramatically later than this. Yeah. But like this, this, the line isn't as, it is not like a... A, like a what would you like a call it a chord moment where suddenly the music oh hang on I'm looking at oh sorry daddy I'm looking at uh, <clears throat> when a stranger calls back which is a sequel oh damn to when a stranger calls um, a stranger calls when a stranger calls came out in 1979 also oh, not long after this not not much longer I wonder if this was inspired by if that was inspired by Black Christmas having that sort of the uh, reveal that it was within the house. Yeah. Because um, it's not like a chord striking moment. It's not like the he says, it's coming from within inside the house. When a stranger calls... Sorry, when a stranger calls back has 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Next week? When did the... What did the first one have, though? I want to know what the, the first one had. Presumably more. Sorry, I interrupted. I just... I'm just curious. What year did I say it was made? 1979? Nine. Nine? So, When a Stranger Calls only has 38%. Oh, wow. So, critically, When a Stranger Calls Back is better than the original. The call's coming from inside the house. Again! <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a big... Uh, not like a big moment line. They just kind of say it casually. The police officer. Sorry, he just, does not say it casually at all. He keeps screaming it. Why? Well, I, I mean, he's like, he's like, he's in the house with you. He's in that. And the girl's just like, qu- she's like quietly, kind of like, coming to the realization, like, oh my god, like, I'm in the house with this killer. And you can just hear over the phone, like, he's in the house. He's in the house with you. <laughs> it's insane. There's a lot of um. I I really love whenever Jess answers the phone. And she answers the phone. She goes, "Hello, hello, hello, hello." <laughs> She's very dramatic when she answers. She's the phone. so dramatic, and that's before she realizes it's a serial killer. Mm. Um, yeah. Back to back to the chase in the choir. I really liked it because there's like he has to do it a couple of times. There's a couple of times he has to chase, and he never quite get there. And then suddenly on the third time, there's like tension. You're like, "Oh my god, get to the get to the get to the yeah. <laughs> get to the pipe in time." <laughs> Whatever it is you're trying to do, I hope you do it because because it's not just a man on a laptop; it's a man running down a room, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, it's so easier to understand what's happening." He needs to get from A to ticking pipe over there, uh, and he needs to do it as fast as he can before the pipe stops ticking. I'm like, I think I would watch a whole movie set in a 1970s like call center, watching <laughs> a guy try to trace various calls. That's hilarious. Like, you never necessarily find out 
exactly what the calls are about, but like the tension is that this guy's fucking ass is on the line. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to lives. get that pipe lined up with that pipe. Uh, it's a it's a great reveal. I remember that when the cop gets the, the the detective gets the call and he's like, "It's coming from this address," and you're like, "No, you've got it wrong, man. That's where the yeah. that's where they're being phoned. No, it's coming from the same address." And you're like, oh, "Kicks off." By that point, most of the sorority girls are dead. Oh, quickly get to the police. Need to get to the the house in time. Yeah, I was swept up in this. I was swept it, up into the 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 campy slasher f- yeah. fun of it. I was swept up in this more than other slash films did I, t- did I tell you that me and did I tell you that me and friend of the podcast Jamie went to a Friday the 13th marathon yes did I tell you about yes there was beer wasn't there there was beer that's good the thing I realised very quickly because there's I think there's 13 Friday the 13th movies no maybe that's too perfect Suitable. maybe there's like nine <laughs> But the thing that we learned very quickly is like once you have seen one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, you have now seen all the Friday the Thirteenth movies because every single one is exactly the fucking same. I imagine that's the same for most slashers, though. Isn't yeah, it? De- oh. very, well, very... yeah, but I, I feel like, yeah, I guess like maybe look. I was gonna say like looking at the Halloween films, maybe they mix it up a bit more. But I think I'm just thinking of the third one that has nothing to do with Mike Myers. <laughs> it's about yeah. witches. Um. But yeah, that we very quickly realised that like you're watching the same movie, and what what that kind of led to was, um, but uh, kind of movie three, people started to kind of you know there was like more mingling going on, and like people are chatting, and there's a lot of beer flowing, and everyone's kind of hanging out and stuff, and people are just kind of talking while the movie's on, and then you kind of get like we're in movie four, we're watching movie four, and suddenly like someone at the back is just like will all of you shut up like we've paid to watch the movie (laughs) and it's like ah yeah like yeah (laughs) like it's like fucking one in the morning and we're on the fourth movie which is just the same movie again and like you're really gonna like shout at people that'd be like and it completely like killed the mood and like a huge group of people just like got up and left and then like 10 minutes later me and jamie were just kind of like you want to just go to? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those experiences where you're not there to watch the movies in yeah. the same way. It's like if when I when I went to see Nightmare Before Christmas, it'd be like if someone was got up and went, "Here, Mister Elfman, can you pipe down? I can't yeah. hear the film." <laughs> All these people with instruments going right yeah. over. I guess. Well, I get. I. I mean, I, like I get it. I do. I do get that. There's that element of like, you know, we're we're there to watch the movie and stuff, but. At the same time, it's like it's it's fucking. You're not, you're not go you know, you sure you presumably like have an understanding of like what these movies are. Yeah, like, yeah. You're not there to take it seriously. It's like, not like a big continuity. So it's not high yeah. cinema. Like it's fucking Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the one with. Uh, there's like a famous kid in that one. I forget who. It's like Macquarie Culkin or something. It's definitely not Macquarie Culkin, but. Is Paul Rudd in one of them? Paul Rudd might very well be in one of them. I feel like Paul Rudd being one of them rings a bell. For you me. should call him and ask. I will. Hmm. He's got a beard now. He's got a beard in that one movie. Yeah, I'm all about it. I am. Um, I <laughs> I rewatched uh, Avengers Endgame last week. Okay. Um, and I I came to like a kind of weird realization about that movie. Go on. You know, like Professor Hulk. Yes. He's like kind of hot. <laughs> like. I was watching it and it there's a, there's a specific moment there's a moment where they're all hanging out and they're having Chinese food and they're all chatting they're all coming up with their plan their time travel plan and he sat in this like he's in this like hoodie like kind of tracksuit thing and he's got like his, his muscles and he's got his stubble and his glasses and I was like yeah I'm into that yeah. you know what like if he wasn't green <laughs> like that's a that's a fucking the colour of his skin. skin. It's like the, no, you, the colour of his skin. No, 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 no. Come on, no. Come on, no. I think you've made this into a race thing. Let's not go down that path. That's not what I'm trying to get at, all right? I'm just saying, if he wasn't a big green monster man, I'd kind of be into it. <laughs> I don't know what to say, ladies and gentlemen. Look! You this know is what? awful. Go and watch Endgame Racism. again. Go watch Endgame again. I'm shocked. Tell me you don't like Professor Hulk. Shocked. Is it hot as fuck? Hotter than anyone else in that movie. Mark, Mark Ruffalo's hot. Well, that was what Katie said. Katie was like, you just think that because you think Mark Ruffalo's hot. And I was like, no. 
<laughs> no, no, no. There's a difference. Like Mark Ruffalo is an attractive man, hundred percent. But there's a difference because like Hulk is like Mark Ruffalo, like turned up. You know what I mean? Swole. <laughs> and he didn't even have to go to the gym. He did. He didn't he have to eat one piece of chicken for the rest of his life. Step into, You know that the bit when he's like spoilers for Endgame, I guess. You know the bit when he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do the. I'll click my fingers with the Infinity Stones." Because the, the radiation's mostly gamma. And I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> it was on a monitor. It, it was on a monitor, was I'm on a sure monitor? it was. I'm was that one of the fucking it probably would have been. things I missed in Avengers Endgame? Oh, I don't know for sure. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying that it was probably on but a I always, monitor. I've thought it every time I've watched That's the third time I've watched it. And every time he's like, oh, the radiation's mostly gamma. And I'm like, fuck do you know? <laughs> These like magic space stones, like. <laughs> what do you know about it does it still hold up it does actually hold up yeah it's pretty good I mean it's still I still don't feel like that film emotion gets me as emotionally invested as it thinks it has if that makes sense okay like I think Infinity War does like a better job of getting you invested in the stakes and I think it, but I think Endgame indulges more in the like fantastical elements of like the marvel universe if you get me and i feel like i'm excited for seemingly what they're going for with phase three is to like go more into that side of things like the more kind of fantastical elements of it like the multiverse and all that kind of stuff like i'm very into that i just i just never every time i've watched it i just know i never feel the like like i don't get as invested in the big cgi fight on in a bomb site yeah as i do in like anything that happens in endgame like i feel like the stakes are so fucking turned up at the end of endgame because at, sorry at the infinity war sorry at the end of infinity war because i feel like endgame obviously it's like the goal is like at the by the end of it when they're all having the big fight is like save the save the world if we stop thanos then we save the world and no one gets snapped away again and that's fine you know save the world perfectly fine universe but like i think there's something about like the end of infinity war and the 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 emotional core of a lot of that being what captain america says where he's like we don't trade lives yeah so it's like their very easy solution to that problem is kill vision but they're like no 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 like we there is a way there we need to find a way to do this without killing our friend and i feel like that that gets me more emotionally invested because at the core of that there is like a like a character if that makes sense. Yeah. Um but I do I do get that I might be talking out my arse. I think it is just a matter of like no, preference. I, I, I get like, what you mean. I, there's like it's almost like a thematic um level to Infinity War because there's a lot of like not trading lives. Doctor Strange has it where he's um he starts off by saying in order to save the time stone I would sacrifice you or Spider-Man Tony Stark uh, yeah. I would sacrifice your life in a heartbeat to save the time stone but then by the end he's swapping mm-hmm. the time stone for Tony Stark so there, I see what you mean there's like it's more thematically mm. relevant and obviously that's the whole point of um, getting the the soul stone is that you have to sacrifice yeah. someone which I, is, I guess it's disappointing that they weren't able to keep that up for Endgame because um, I get what you mean it's not like the same sort of thematic thing yeah but it's just it's there's such there's such kind of like there's such different movies tonally Mm. um i do love that i love the opening kind of i love the like first because endgame really is like for a three-hour movie really is split into three hour long parts yeah and i do find the first hour because i think it's the most in keeping with infinity war like i find that the most interesting because it is like I like that exploring that whole the Avengers have failed. Let's just like wallow in that for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um definitely. And kind of be with these characters at a low point before we go back to we're saving the world. Yeah. Um like I do kind of like that. It's a good movie. And I just had a big wank over Professor Hulk. <laughs> um I guess yeah, I guess before we uh sign off uh, we we have a little we 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 should do an ode, an ode to our third studio, our third recording studio. Yes, this is the third one. Yeah, a third of your flats. Well, yeah. <laughs>
It's also been recorded in two of my yeah, flats. Yeah, but I would, like, we, you're, when we're recording your flats, that's that's a rare occurrence. Yes. Nine so out of ten times it's recorded in, where, you know, in my flat. So this will be the last one recorded in this quote-unquote studio. Um, how do you feel about this one, Danny? How, what do you what do you what do you kind of feel about? Uh, I've liked that we've had a a, a big table. Mm. The big uh, table has been good. I remember I remember fondly back to your bedroom in the first one. <laughs> we were like properly cramped. Properly into cramped. A that was not good. No, at all. Especially when we had a, a guest. But we couldn't record in the living room because it was. You could hear the traffic outside. Yeah. We're going to run into that issue in this new flat. Oh, wow. Like, we're going to have to figure out a way to record somewhere else in the flat. Well, we'll, we'll We better out. just hope that this table fits in my kitchen, otherwise we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> um, so, I remember back to that fondly, and then, then the second one, we were in your, your bedroom. The second one, we had a much more open space kind of set up. The we table had the, was small. We had the table. The table was very small. But we did. We weren't crammed in our corner. Yes. We had a lot of room. We had a lot. We had a lot of room. We've to definitely like around. went up with each. With yeah, this each one was the most comfy by far. This one is decent by sized far the most table. Comfy. If you We've had got a like guest. a nice sofa to watch the movies in, we yeah. had a nice TV. It was good. And like, I mean, the, you know, the TV's coming, but the table and the sofa are not. Yeah. Who knows what we're going into next? I mean, I know based on a five minute flat view and i was at but i know i feel like the weekend child who's like and, and you're like and i've got a special bedroom for you yeah. <laughs> we're gonna paint it whatever color you want i like color captain america <laughs> oh well we're gonna do that for you but and you'll love to be here and you'll love it more than your mum's. <laughs> a little bit more than that other podcast um <laughs> but yeah I, I, I feel like this this place has served us well i'm sad to see it go but um, you know, on to better things, Danny. Can't halt progress. Like, like living rooms that face onto very busy roads. <laughs> it's very quiet road. It's a very quiet road here. Well, because it's not even really like. Well, I mean, it is a road, but it's not like a road. Yeah, you know? it's not a road you would drive down. Yeah, to get to somewhere unless, unless you know you, yeah. somewhere around here that you need to get to. Yeah. Whereas like this new flat, we're like right on like a busy street in like you know further into town, so. It's gonna be a different, different, different kettle of fish. That'll be your Christmas present. It's a Christmas present. I didn't. That's <laughs> causing me a great deal of time and money <laughs> and mental stress. Um, but by golly, I'm gonna enjoy it. Life should have just got you socks. <laughs> that's how I feel about all that. Um. Anyway, I guess this will be our last one of this year. Probably be a wee while before the next one. A wee while. A wee while. It'll be a wee while. Um, until the we do our yeah our films of the year. Yeah. And then we think we're going to do films of the decade. Yeah. Which is quite a bold, bold one. I mean, it's not not bold about it, but do films of the decade, and then it'll be Robbie Burns. So we're like planned out for like, yeah. the next like three episodes. Yeah. I'm excited to do films of the decade. I think that's going to be a real. That'll be interesting to because I did. I met we we spoke about it briefly today, and you messaged me and you were like oh I've, I've kept note of like our favourite films from the last yeah. couple of years and I was like I don't know if necessarily like my favourite films I would, would be among like that the list best films yeah it's interesting because there's certainly films I've seen after the year they were released mm. um, so it'd be interesting our, our, both our lists only date back to 2014 yeah so we'll have to I was thinking maybe we'll find Commode's list for because I reckon he was around yeah. From ten to, but I I, I could tell like I know like what my favorite movies from like two thousand ten were. Go on. I know it was like, well, in terms, of, well, I, I can name like three. Like Scott Pilgrim was two thousand ten. Well, there you go. Which is my favorite movie. So, so surely that's your favorite film of the decade. Done. It's probably my favorite film of the decade. Throw yeah. the episode out. Um, Social Network was two thousand ten, and uh, A Field in England. I'm pretty sure was two thousand ten as well. Mm-hmm. So that's like three movies that I talk about a lot <laughs> like, yeah there's year. a lot of films to dissect um i think it'll be it'll be interesting we'll need to figure out like a way to do it hmm. properly yes um, we'll figure that out but yeah i'm 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 excited to do it i'm also loving this i'm i'm, I'm actually quite a big fan of the the, the sitting on the the more casual one. The chairs. It's been quite nice. Well, you'll know in edit whether Well, that's the issue, works. isn't it? Is that we'll find out in the edit. I also am very aware that I forgot to turn the uh, mini fridge off. That's so the that's mini fridge definitely been making a racket throughout this recording. It's fine. Or is it the person in the attic? 
call back to that that film we might have watched. That film we watched, yeah, which yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> anyway, Merry Christmas. Where? Well, okay. Oh well, you can Christmas us at <laughs> Second Opinion Pod on Facebook or Twitter. Send us your Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a good Christmas, send it. Send it to us. We want a Christmas. Wrap up in a neat little bow. Send us yeah. your Christmas. Merry Christmas. What Chris? What part of Christmas would you rather people send us? The presents, the the, the meal, the game of charades, charades, charades. <laughs> <laughs> You say charades. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> That's a reference I've never understood. I just hope people send us the the the, the warmth and 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 care of being at my mum's house for like a week, and she's going to do all my washing and my cook my meals for me. <laughs> I'm going to sit on my arse, and I'm just going to watch John Wick three on like a loop. <laughs> if someone could send me that feeling. Ahead of it happening, and more. if someone no. could give me that feeling in like a bite size, like like a jelly bean, <laughs> <laughs> this is derailed. <laughs> <laughs> if someone uh, could give me emotional jelly beans, yeah, that I could take, I could eat the jelly bean. That's a market that's not been tapped into. Yeah, there's a reason. Because it can't be done. Can't be done. Well, that you know of. I've jelly bean there. <laughs> <laughs> jelly done that. <laughs> Right. Right. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye. 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 That was a fun one.